Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This week, I bring you my conversation with author Autumn McKay. In 2016, Autumn created her blog, Best Mom Ideas, where she began to share tips and tricks she learned throughout her own motherhood journey. The creation of this blog turned into the creation of her books, The Ultimate Toddler Activity Guide and The Ultimate Kindergarten Prep Guide. Today, we'll actually be discussing the benefits of screen-free activities, ways to encourage independent play, and how to minimize screen time in the day-to-day. I've also included 10 of my go-to ways to avoid screens. I know it can be really tough, especially when you have extreme temperatures, whether in the winter or the summer, just to know how to balance screen time with playtime. So my hope is to just give you a couple of suggestions that you haven't yet considered. But before we get to the interview, if you haven't yet left a rating and review, I would so love if you pause the podcast and head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review. I'm sure there's several of you that have been listening to this podcast since the inception, and I would love it if you left a rating or review, maybe telling me what your favorite episode was or the topic that you love to hear or a topic you'd love to hear in the future. So if you haven't done so yet, I would love it if you would do that. All right. I think that's it for now. So here's my conversation with Autumn, followed by those 10 screen-free ways to fill playtime. Autumn, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you as well. I want to apologize to listeners for my voice. It's a little bit scratchy. I was just telling you that tis the season to have colds and it has caught me. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully people can listen through and enjoy everything that you have to say. I want to give them a, a little bit of more of an in-depth to who you are. So I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, my name is Autumn. I am a wife. Um, my husband and I have been married for um, almost 10 years. Yay. Uh, we have three children, ages six, four, and two. I am a former teacher. Started staying at home with once we had children. And then a few years ago, I became an author and the owner of bestmomideas.com. Great. So let's kind of just get into our topic at hand today. Simply, what would you say is the benefit in adding more screen-free time to our day that I can kind of personally build into my thought life in order to implement this more? Yeah, definitely. I like to think of it as like an opportunity cost for uh, children when they choose screens instead of other things. Then, like, what are they missing out on when they're choosing those screens? So when they choose to play on an iPad or watch TV or something like that, then they're missing out on creating those social interactions with parents or caregivers or grandparents or anything and forming bonds with those people or forming emotional connections. And then when they choose screens, instead of reading a book or something, they are giving up on developing speech and vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also giving up free play or using their imagination to think of things to do 
themselves when they're choosing those screens over not having the screens. And all of these things that they are giving up, those are critical skills that they need Mm -hmm. throughout life, especially when they're adults, is to be able to form bonds with other humans. They need to be able to develop their speech and vocabulary. They need to be able to problem solve. So yeah, those are just things that they could get by interacting with other people or they could get with um, exploring their world or reading instead of using screens. Mm -hmm. That's funny. I guess kind of tying into this conversation, it was a conversation I was having the other day in regards to texting and using an emoji in replace of language. And so kids are not building their vocabulary nearly as much as they once were just because we have all these little emojis that we can use nowadays. And just that's like another way that I feel like technology is taking away from human connection. It's it's just so short and like independent. I don't know. I, yeah, I, that's a good point. What kind of emoji did they send instead of expressing those feelings? And yeah. yeah. Well, what would you say are just some practical steps that we can take to cut down on screen time? To cut down on screen time, I had to make sure I was being a good screen-free role model for my kids. Um, before I could like enforce that they themselves cut back on screen time. Um, so over a course of a probably like six months, I started to like cut down on my screen time by making sure there were no phones at dinner time. That's one rule we implemented. Mm-hmm. I turned off all my social media notifications so that I wouldn't be alerted to go check my phone if I heard the little ding or anything. And then I started putting my phone across the room while I slept. That way, it's just a more peaceful sleeping. And I wasn't tempted to check my phone first thing in the morning. And then we also bought like a wall clock and the analog wristwatches instead of using our phones to check the time. I also turned on like the downtime hours. So like normally my mornings are devoted to my kids. And like activity time or schoolwork or we go play dates or playground or library time or whatever. So I put downtime hours during those times. So like I won't get email notifications. I won't get any kind of notification until like during those hours. So I'm not tempted to turn on my phone. And then so these all of these things happened over like a six month period. And that way I was making sure I was a good screen-free role model. Then, so once I had got myself in a good place, then I started replacing screen time with activities. So we do like hands-on activities or reading practice or 10 to 20 minute activity in the morning. I do that instead of apps or computer time or um, TV time. And then I also made routines for ourselves. So it's not like a strict at nine o'clock we eat breakfast at 10.30, we have reading time. It's not anything like that. I like block out our schedule. So we have breakfast. In the mornings, we do schoolwork or we do activities or we go to the library. That's our like educational time. And then we do lunchtime and nap time. And then um, afternoons are for like running errands or play dates and things like that. So it's not a strict time every every day or anything, but it just helps me and our my kids to know what to expect during that time of day. Um, that way I'm not filling empty space with screens. And then we love to set up play dates because if they're playing with other people, then they're less likely to ask for a screen or to watch TV or something like that. And then as a family, we decided to set up no screen days. 
So two days a week, no TV gets turned on at all. And I know it sounds like a big sacrifice, but it's it's really, and at first it is, there will be tears probably and very tempted to turn it on. But it's really not that hard when there's five other days a week that mm-hmm. you can watch TV or do anything with screens. Um, we like to go outside, be creative and explore. And then you can also opt out at school. And I know a lot of schools are pushing for technology, but like as a parent, you have the right to say, no, I don't find that using iPads is helpful for my child to learn to understand this concept or they can pick up a book and read it instead of reading it on an iPad kind of thing. So these are all ways that you can cut down on screen time. No, those are all really great ideas. And I really do like the idea of having at least a day or two a week where there is zero screen time. And I'm just more curious a little bit more about what that looks like for you personally. So what days a week are you choosing to do this? Is it easier to do it on the weekends when you have your spouse around or do you prefer it during the week? What does that look like for you? Um, We choose on Monday and Tuesday. Um, I find like the weekend is our relaxed time. So mm-hmm. on the weekend, we like to together watch Andy Griffith. And so the the weekdays are usually easier. And then what does it look like for you on a typical day? So I heard something, a crazy statistic, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard it's seven or eight hours that the normal family spends on screens a day. I think that's combining everything. So it's not just TV time, but that seemed a little high to me. I've definitely not been perfect since having my third son. And now it's winter here in Ohio. Today was 12 degrees outside. So I depend on them a little bit more during the day. But what does it look like for you? Like what has been realistic for you? Because kids do want to watch it. And I don't think that screens are totally from the devil. Um, Right. So what does it look like for you? Like how many hours or what would the time limit and boundaries look like for you guys and your family? We don't have any iPads, but we do, we do allow like TV and desktops that they're allowed to use. Mm -hmm. So on the weekend, we probably watch a little more TV than we do on the weekends or sorry, weekdays. Mm -hmm. So like on the weekends, we might watch like an hour a day or sometimes we'll watch a movie okay. on the weekend. Wednesday through Friday, mm-hmm. we might just watch like a 30-minute show after dinner. Okay. And then usually my my youngest two don't get on the computer at all. Occasionally, my four-year-old will play Starfall or something mm-hmm. for 15 minutes. And then my six-year-old, he likes to play um, Math Blasters. Oh, yeah. I love which that is game. like mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, So he'll play that for like 20 or 30 minutes. Okay. We're not like no screens at all or anything, Mm. but we do limit it and we, we don't have any iPads. Okay. There's no one size fits all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner. We need products that are suited for our unique hair needs and do not leave us disappointed. I've actually worn my hair long for the past several years and with that length, I have to just be sure to keep it well conditioned or else it just becomes far too dry. It especially becomes an issue for me in the summer months. However, thanks to my personalized Pros shampoo and conditioner, I've fallen in love with my hair again. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is actually how I got started. It was surprisingly very interesting to take the quiz. It actually asked me questions such as my eating habits, how I work out, and my zip code, and this was actually the most interesting to me because I was able to see which environmental elements affect my hair, such as UV rays, pollution, water hardness, humidity, and wind. 
With their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determined a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns. As I've said before, I struggle with dry hair and I've really enjoyed using their hair oil and their pre-shampoo hair masks just to get my hair healthy again. If you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Literally, your name comes on each individual bottle. It's so fun. So take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash minimalist. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash minimalist for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. And now back to my interview with Autumn. I'm curious to know what your answer would be for this next question I have. So as I said before, because <laughs> I was telling you that I don't have a babysitter today. My two kids are downstairs. I have Benjamin here with me. And so right now they are being, as I use the word, sedated by the television (laughs) right now. So there are some moments where I feel like you have to use the screen or there's moms that are work from home moms and they need to utilize that screen for maybe like an hour to get their work done. I guess, what would your mindset be around this? Do you think that there is the time of need where we do need to use, utilize the screens? And I guess, how would you encourage moms that are using this? And is there another way that we could occupy their time without using the screen? Yes, I do agree that sometimes it is necessary. For instance, when you don't have a babysitter and you have some work to do. And I have, I have turned on a movie when I needed, I needed some time to work. But when you don't want to rely on those screens, you can help them build their independence Mm -hmm. by making them have independent play. And just explain to them, mommy has to work for 15 minutes. You cannot come to me and ask me questions. You have to figure it out. And I will be so happy and so excited to hear about what you did after this 15 minutes. But these 15 minutes, you can't interrupt me. Mm -hmm. And set a timer during that time. Put toys in front of them. Give them puzzles, books, crayons, paper, stickers, like even kitchen gadgets. Um, and tell them, like, use these tools and make something that flies or build me the tallest tower you can build. Like, give them com- some kind of, like, project or something to do mm-hmm. um, and set that timer. And after that timer goes off, go and check on them. Mm-hmm. And each week you can extend that time so that they're learning how to build that independent play mm-hmm. um, by themselves. And it helps them to build their imagination Mm -hmm. And it helps them to problem solve because they have to think of ways to entertain themselves without your help. So that's what I did at first. Now my kids don't use the timer. So my oldest two, they don't nap anymore. But Mm -hmm. from 1 to 2.30, that's their independent play. So they go to what we call our learning room Mm -hmm. and they can do anything they want in that room. But they can't come out until the clock says 2.30 because that's mommy's work time. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's just something that you kind of have to train them Mm -hmm. for. So just start out small and then build up during that time. Yeah, absolutely. I know for my daughter, she hasn't napped in maybe a couple of years now. But with my middle son, he does still take a nap every day. So for about an hour of his nap every day, she goes into her room for quiet time. And Mm -hmm. I don't care what she does in there. I put... A lot of her toys, especially since we've moved, I've put a lot of her toys in her bedroom. And so I'm like, you have 
you have your dollhouse, you have coloring that you can do, you have puzzles, you have your books. And if you get bored, you can take a nap because that's right. the time to be quiet and to rest. And I would say that we did start that off like pretty much right after she stopped taking naps. So this is kind of just always just something that she knows that she has to do. But for anyone, I would say that's listening that wants to start implementing a routine like that, the okay to wake clock has been very helpful for us. So we can, we use it during nap time. And when her little light goes green, that's when she knows she's allowed to come out. But yeah, I think you're right. You just do have to train them in that independent play. And they might ask a lot of questions at first, but I think you just have to keep directing them back to like, this is mommy's time. This is your time and give them a task. I really like that idea of giving them a task of something they have to complete before they can come back to you. And I think that's a great idea. Um, where can listeners find your book and then find you if they're wanting to connect? Uh, so you can find me at bestmomideas.com. And I'm also on Instagram um, with Best Mom Ideas and on Facebook at Best Mom Ideas. Great. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now, a.k.a. what is your minimalist moment of the week? Um, so we are currently selling our house to um, minimize our mortgage okay. and um, our stuff, I guess you used to say. Um, so we actually had a showing like an hour ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I had to rush back home and um, get ready for your podcast. That's exciting. I felt like for us, we minimized even more in the moving process. So that's exciting that you're going to be able to pare down just with this whole move coming up. That's exciting. Yeah. And then what is something that you can't stop talking about? And this can be in regards to simplicity, or it can just be in regards to just something that you're excited about right now. Uh, so I've really been focusing on gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend 10 minutes a day each each morning like that's what I wake up to focusing on mm-hmm. three things I'm grateful for and it's just like simple things like my two-year-old gave me this huge hug today or really simple things and I spend that time just being grateful for him and it really helps me to change the focus of my day and and start it off on a good good foot No, that's great. I've noticed that when I start the day with gratitude or just take those little times to kind of reset and focus on gratitude, my day goes much better. So I think that's a great thing to talk about. Well, Autumn, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast today. I appreciate you coming on and dealing with baby Benjamin here in the background and just a few of the disturbances we've had while trying to get this episode recorded. But I do just appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. Have you been searching for a podcast that the whole family can listen to? What about one that includes positive role models for your daughter? Only 19% of children's books showcase women with jobs or career ambition, and by the age of six, many girls already believe that they're less smart than boys. If you're looking for a podcast full of encouragement, told from a woman-first perspective, I have just the one for you. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls podcast. This award-winning podcast has been named Best Family and Kids Podcast by the Webby Awards. That's like the Oscars for the internet. The Best Educational Podcast by New York Radio Awards and rated the top educational podcast by iTunes. Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls Podcast offers parents and teachers a free resource to inspire, educate, and instill confidence in girls. The podcast draws from the library of stories in the Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls book series, and it highlights one exceptional woman in each 20-minute episode. 
perfect before bedtime or on the way to school. The podcast introduces girls to modern icons as well as her story figures like Frida Kahlo with engaging narration by equally impressive women. Give the rebel girl in your life the confidence to dream bigger and find good night stories for rebel girls, award-winning educational podcast on your favorite player. Thank you again to Autumn for just giving us some insight into how she minimizes screens in her own home. And I know that there are some of you listening that feel like some of the things that Autumn mentioned were quite daunting, either minimizing your screen time to just a handful of days a week or just allowing maybe a show a day or whatever was said on the episode that seemed overwhelming to you. I would say, first of all, there is no judgment coming from this way. Your family dynamic and your utilization of screen time is going to look specific to your family. I know a lot of us mothers that are doing work from home, sometimes that's how we depend on getting that hour in. Or like I said at the beginning, if there is extreme temperatures, it's hard to play outside all day when it's over 100 degrees in certain areas. So give yourself some grace. I'm all about that. I've talked about that all the time. Um, But also be aware that you don't want your kids on the screens all the time and work towards breaking some of these habits that you've created during quarantine or maybe you've just become a little bit lax. So if you feel that way, I know that I have. I have 10 suggestions for how you could otherwise use that time. So I'm just going to dive right into it. This shouldn't take too long, and hopefully some of these are things that you hadn't thought of or you haven't utilized in a while, and it's just a good reminder. So the first thing that I love are the sticker by number books. So it's just an inexpensive activity for your older children to do. I think they probably do have them for younger children as well, but sticker books will keep my five-year-old entertained for nearly an hour at a time. Both Charlotte and I love these, and it's also fun because if there's one that you specifically love, you can rip it out and maybe frame it or hang it on the fridge or on your art display in your bedroom. Love sticker by number books. My next idea is bath time. So I heard once when I first became a mother that if everything is melting down, just add water. I've heard this in regards to drinking water, taking a bath, jumping in a pool if it's summertime, and also if you have a popsicle in hand, it's just a great way to add even more fun to that bath time experience. So whenever I'm out of ideas, this is just somewhat of a go-to that I can typically get one of my children on board with. So my next suggestion would be a dance party. This is one of my go-tos whenever there's been an extended time of screens or sitting and we just need to get some energy out. This will last between 30 minutes and an hour. Uh, It depends on how much energy I have to dance along with them. But you can also just put on music and have them dance by themselves and put on a performance for you if you are feeling tired. I love doing a dance party. We're really into the Hamilton soundtrack right now. I don't play every song for them, but there are a handful that we have on repeat. And even the baby has been bouncing in his pack and play while we dance outside and act super silly. It's just a great way to break up some of that time. I usually do this like right before dinner when I feel like there's nothing else to do and I am just beside myself. We can't leave. There's not enough time, but we also don't want to utilize screens. So a dance party is the way to go. My next suggestion would be kinetic sand. Kinetic sand is like magnetic sand. I don't really understand how it works, but it does keep your kids entertained for 
minimum a half hour. My kids really enjoy sitting at the table. I try to keep this limited to the table just because of cleanup. It's surprisingly really easy to clean up, but I love for them to play with this because it's a great activity while I'm cooking dinner and they are there at the table and get out cookie cutters or beach toys or animals, really in whatever way they can use their creativity. We love the kinetic sand. My next suggestion, this one is a bit of a reach, but sorting socks. So if your children are complaining about boredom, I would just give them a job to do. And on several occasions, I've given Charlotte our sock bin. You don't have time to put them together when they come out of the laundry. So I've given Charlotte our sock bin to just pair together socks from the laundry. And your preschooler may need a little bit of help getting started, but it's fairly straightforward and they really can do it. So if they're bored, sort socks. My next suggestion would be to build a fort. This is something that we really enjoyed doing. We read a book about bears and how they hibernate in the winter, and so we created our own fort alongside of that material. So kids love to build forts. Use different parts of your home. Use different types of blankets, different types of cushions. It's fun to have a snack inside the fort, so I feel like this definitely is a great way to occupy time. My next suggestion would be Play-Doh, somewhat along the same lines of kinetic sand. It's fun to make homemade Play-Doh as well. You can put different scents into it, though I've had problems with my toddler eating the kind that we've made. We made pumpkin pie Play-Doh one time, and he had a hard time not eating it, but I think Play-Doh is is something fun to play, again, maybe while I'm cooking dinner or just at those odd hours of the day. Next suggestion would be books. I'm an avid reader and I would love to pass that down to my children. So we read sometimes when we have that downtime. I remember as a nanny, I would have these stretches of time and we would get 15 or 20 books from the library and I would just read book after book to the little girl and it took up so much of our time and it's just so enjoyable because you have these new books that you don't have on your typical shelf so maybe if you have a morning outing to the library you can come home and then read those books all afternoon. It's also fun if you do it on the trampoline. You can take your books out to the trampoline and read out there, read out on a blanket out front, mix up the environment, maybe take them to your bed and read the books in your bed. Just something to break up the norm. My ninth suggestion would be puzzles. This is obviously going to vary with age group. Maybe help them to start it and then allow them some time to work at it on their own and then come back. I just think this is a great way for siblings to work together or to spend some quiet time. I love puzzles. And if you have puzzles that you maybe could swap with friends or family members, that's another great way to not have to go out and purchase a ton of puzzles that might not be used more than a handful of times. And then my last suggestion, again, this one might be a bit of a reach, but create a list of to-dos for your kiddos, things that they can clean up or pick up. This is going to vary depending on the age, but have them just go through that list of to-dos. Have them come up with some list of to-dos with you. And not only is it kind of killing two birds with one stone, maybe they're bored and you need some housework accomplished, but I feel like this definitely is a great way to pass the time. Even if you need some weeds pulled in your backyard or, hey, I need you to pick up all the sticks that are in the backyard and put them in that pile over there for our fire pit. It's surprising what kids will get really into doing and how they want to help you. I didn't mention things like the playground or swapping playdates. Those are two other great ways to cut down on the amount of screen time you have in your day. I just feel like those are somewhat generic answers, so I wanted to come up with a little bit of a varied list of things that you might not have thought of or needed a reminder of. So I hope this list helped you 
And I'm curious to know what you would put on your own list of screen-free activities. So what did you think of my conversation with Autumn? What are your thoughts? I want to know your honest feelings. So when you see the post go up on Instagram or Facebook, feel free to comment on there with your feedback. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.